0: Okay, you could turn over to Matthew chapter 1. Thank you once again for allowing me to come here and fill the pulpit while your pastor is away. We'll certainly be in prayer for him. Glad here. Yes, sir. It's good to be here. Appreciate you guys letting me preach again. I mean, it's, the first time you heard me, it's like, you don't know. But then if you ask me again, it's kinda on you. So, <laughs> appreciate that. Okay, Matthew chapter 1. And we're just gonna read a verse here, verse 18. Uh, Bible says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when As his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is, which being interpreted is God with us. Lord, we ask this morning that you please be with Pastor Can Lord and be with his uh, recovery. We pray that you would just heal his body, give him strength. Um, We ask that this uh, procedure that he went through um, would surely fix any issues, that he would have a great rest of his year pain-free, and you continue to strengthen the church here with his absence, and thank you that uh, we're able to uh, come here today and just help maybe encourage and minister a little bit through your word. We do pray that you bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to... Uh, preach a message entitled, Things Are Trending Up. Now, this is not a Christmas message, although, uh, verse 18 is certainly quoted and read around Christmas time. And it may even sound a little different or weird to hear it being spoken or, or read out loud in the month of August. So I, I do know that they do, they have a thing called Christmas, Christmas in July. We kind of missed out on that. But in any case, it's not a Christmas message per se. Um It's just a message about Jesus Christ showing up. And this is, hey, this is a great verse to show that He did come. Amen? And it says there in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. And just there again, opening the Bible and not really considering what you're reading, you don't get kind of... The context or really an understanding of everything that had happened, and man, even if you just read the first part of the chapter and you were kind of bogged down by all the names and the the chronology there, which isn't the most exciting thing to read about, and you got to verse 18, then that would perk you up just a little bit, right? Just going from a bunch of a list of kind of names that we don't know much about, then all of a sudden Jesus Christ. But there's more history to the nation of Israel than just a, a, a short list of names that may be a little boring. Um there was a period of time here of uh, 400 years of silence. Now if you could imagine 400 years of God not saying anything. Now, I mean I let's just let's just experiment a little bit with maybe 5 seconds of silence. That's pretty tough, isn't it? It gets a little bit awkward. I mean for me probably maybe more than you, but I just can't imagine 400 years of God not saying anything at all. That'd be tough to go through, especially a nation that was known and had understood and just been accustomed to God speaking and doing things and moving, and they just had a really rough time at it. If if you read the latter part of the Old Testament, you run across that you don't have to turn there, but you run across Malachi, and there's some words there in Malachi that people I think don't read and and understand exactly what what 's going on, but there's some pretty tough things that are said in Malachi. He says there um in there I think in chapter three i don 't have the actual reference. I just have the the passage here. it says, "O ye priests, talking obviously to the Levitical tribe, right? This commandment is for you, I will even send a curse upon you, I will curse your blessings, yea, I have cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed." And spread dung upon your face, even the dung of your solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. But ye are departed out of the way. you have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all people, according as ye have not kept my ways, but ye have been partial in my law. That was the last thing that was said to the Levitical tribe, the one... The the group of people, I mean, here, let's just say that that was like the last thing that got the last message that God gave any preacher to preach I and mean, that would hit it to right, right to home, you know? And that that was, a, do you have a word from the Lord? Well, this is what God told us here. I mean, that's tough, isn't it? Did you guys read what I was reading or listening? Yeah, I didn't give you the reference, but you heard what I said, right? Pretty tough stuff. That was the last thing that was said to that group. And then you have... Roughly 400 years of God not doing anything at all. And then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ. You know what? I mean, th- things are looking up for these guys. They're trending in the right direction. Why are these exciting times? I think they're exciting times because I think Jesus Christ is coming real soon. He can't, this was obviously his first, his first coming. But he's coming again, is he not? And, as we know, just from history, as things trend down, it's kind of when the Lord starts getting involved and He starts moving and things start trending up for Christians. Typically, whenever the world's trending down, Christianity is trending up. It's usually what happens. And for these people, man, they had to have gotten a little bit excited of the prospect of their Savior coming. Now, I understand this was not a public proclamation. This wasn't something that they were just telling everybody about, this was a private thing, I understand that. But for Mary and Joseph, good night, they had to have gotten pretty excited about this news. Now I want to say just a couple things about this passage, about things being exciting or trending up, and I want to say that it was exciting because finally the silence was broken, right? Um, go, just go back to the passage there in verse 20. It says, while he thought on these things, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, talking about Joseph, in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee uh, Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Um, you know, I think that uh the idea of this silence being over was a relief for Joseph. Because it, if if you understand what's going on, Joseph... For somebody that that needed some answers, Joseph had a lot of questions. You know, I mean, here he is—he's a spouse to take this young lady, and all of a sudden she's pregnant. You know, and you talk about testing your relationship. <laughs> we we get we get so accustomed to the Christian the Christmas story, we don't really think about all the ins and outs. But imagine if you're, you're dating, I use the word dating, which I know is not exactly what the Jews did, but for the sake of illustration, imagine you're dating a young lady and you just notice, I mean, she's, she's showing, Hey, what's going on here? You know, and I can't imagine any, any number of stories that she could come up with that you would believe other than what did you thought, right? Now, Joseph had some questions and the Bible says right there that he thought verse 20 while Joseph thought on these things. He was thinking about it. He was wondering what in the world is going on. You know, even if I love this, this girl so much and I'm, because he, we're still in the Old Testament, aren't we? You understand what Joseph could have done to this young girl, espousal or not. The Bible says in the law, you can bring that, that girl up to the priest and they do their little thing, you know, and, and she's, she's pronounced that she, you know, she was played the whore in Israel or whatever it was and they stone her. Yeah. This wasn't on Joseph. This was, he could have just said, Hey, this has nothing to do with me. She's gone out and been unfaithful to me, but he's sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? Do I, do Do I stick with her? Do I hide her? Because if anybody else finds out what I know, then they're gonna take her and get her stoned. You know So he's thinking about those things, and you know it there's nothing like having a ton of questions just surrounding you. Uh, it said that Google gets something like eight million questions a day. Have y'all ever Googled something, like asked a question? No? No? Nobody up here has the internet, I guess. (laughs) Hey, anymore, if you have a question, you just ask Google. You do. Uh, most asked questions on Google. Seven million questions, uh, or seven million of, where's my refund? That's the second most asked question. One of them is, um, what time is it? Which I don't understand that. Every computer smartphone has a clock on it. How many ounces are in a cup? What's my IP address? Uh How to screenshot on a Mac? A couple million of those. Interesting questions. These these are questions that you don't maybe you don't care about getting answers to, but you know, apparently Americans they have some pretty good questions, don't they? Where's my refund? What do I watch? Is the top rated question nine million of those? Um, you know the world will leave a bunch of question marks. Now Google they'll Google satisfy you with a certain level. Have you ever asked Google how you get saved? No. She don't know. Or he don't know, whatever. I don't know if it's a he or she. They don't know. All the good questions, they don't, they don't have answers to. They'll leave you a lot of question marks. You know, the world will. I, I think that's the world's agenda is to make you, make you doubt as much as you possibly can. I mean, didn't, didn't Satan say, yea, have God said? And doth Job fear God for naught? And you go through, anytime Satan shows up, there's a question mark. You know, you're not, as, the, as society goes on, you don't have more answers, you just have more questions. To the point where people, they don't, it, it's one thing for, I think probably 50, 60 years ago, it's like, what's my purpose in life? You know, is there a God? A hundred years ago, is there a God? That was the question. Now we don't know. We don't know if there's a God. We don't know if, we don't know why we're here. Why are we here? These are the questions. Now it's, Does anybody know what I am? (laughs) True? Right. It it, it's like I mean it's systematic. Had it been 150 years ago, I don't know if I'm a male or a female. Everybody'd be like, get out of here. But 100 years ago or 150 years ago, when people didn't want it was you know this whole idea of not wanting to be accountable to God. They're like, yeah, is there a God? I don't. You know Charles Darwin, right? Atheism. And evolution and all this. Where did the world come from? And you know, for thousands of years, we all knew that God created the heavens and the earth. And then, where did the world come from? Is there a God? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the world. It's always a question, and, and now it's gotten to the what? What are you? I don't even know what I am anymore. It's true. Give them another ten years; they'll figure something. They'll ask. Another question where somebody says they don't know the answer to that would even blow your mind sitting here right now. I'm, I, I'm still having a hard time with the fact that they legalized homosexual marriage, honestly. And that was like 15 years ago. You know? What, that, back then it was, what is a marriage? Do you understand what I'm saying? That was the question. What is a marriage? Now we don't know. I mean, we know. We know. Thank God. We know because of the Bible. But they don't know. Having questions is never a fun thing. The Bible will give you an answer. Thank God. Here, here, Joseph, he had questions. What am I going to do? I'm in a, a particular situation where I don't know what I should do, and God gives him an answer. Man, it's things are going in the right direction. They're trending up. There's nothing like having a question on, What should I do, or where should I be, or whatever, and then having an answer. This is your answer. This is what you need to do. How many of y'all have ever tried to fix your vehicle? The biggest problem was you don't know what's wrong with it. What? Because any good mechanic is going to do this. Does it do this? Does it do that? And he's taking 50 possibilities, and he's bringing it down to 10, to 5. Okay, I still don't know what it is. Now it's three different things that it could be. Now replace this. Okay, it wasn't this. Replace that. Okay, now, okay, finally, you got it. If, if you just knew what it was right off the bat, hey, that's half the battle. And then knowing how to actually replace it. Knowing how and then being able to do it. (laughs) There's more than that, but just knowing what it is, that's nice. It's nice. It's not, there's nothing more frustrating than like, it's broken, but I don't know what's wrong with it. It doesn't work. That's what's wrong with it. But I don't know what's causing that problem. All right. So this is what the Bible says. Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, I think the Lord came to Joseph and gave him some answers because he was thinking about the right things. You know, it, it's like God gives you a difficult situation and then you're like, well, I just want to exercise faith and I don't want to show God that I'm wavering and I'm not going to even think about it. Are you kidding me? That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to deal with the issues. Think about it, consider it, and then He'll give you some answers. I think a lot of times the reason God doesn't deal with us or give us the answers is we refuse to think about the right things. Right. We're thinking about something else. If we're not thinking about the things that God wants us to, He's not going to give us the answers. So, hey, Joseph was a good man. He didn't want anything to happen to his, his espoused wife, right? His, his fiance, we would say, Mary. But one day, just like Joseph got the answers, we're going to get the answers. All of the answers. But man, we already got some good answers already. You realize sitting in here, you have way more, first of all, anybody can have any of the generic answers. All they have to do is say, hey, Siri, you know, hey, Siri, what time is it? Whatever. What's my IP address? But outside of those, those answers that anybody can have sitting in here, you have answers that most of the world does not have. Now, you don't understand everything. I understand that. I'm not saying that you have the mind of Christ. But you know what? You know what your purpose is. Hey, that's a blessing. That's an answer that people people spend all their life. How many times have you heard somebody say, well, I, I, I did this, I did that, I had a fulfilling life, and I'm finally understanding what my purpose is on their deathbed? Silas, he's 12 years old. He knows what his purpose is. The reason he's here. Why are you here? Silas is my 12 year old sitting there. If you're all wondering. Why am I here? You know the answer to that. What am I supposed to do? You know the answer to that. Don't you know what you're supposed to do? In life? I'm not talking about your occupation. I'm not talking about where you eat, to, you know, in an hour or whatever. I'm talking about what you're supposed to be doing in life. You're supposed to be serving the Lord. Right? You're supposed to be doing something for Jesus Christ before He comes back. Your purpose is to bring God glory. You know what else you know? You know what's happening after you die. Don't you? You know where you're going. People will, they'll, they'll live their whole life in search for those answers to those questions that you already know. Hey, things are, things are trending up. Amen? Look over back in the passage and I want to show you something else that is exciting for Mary and Joseph in particular, but it can be exciting for us. The Bible says in verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Who is the angel talking to here? Joseph. So the first part we understand, it says, She shall bring forth a son, talking about who? Mary's gonna bring forth the son. But then when he says, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, who, who's gonna call his name Jesus? Joseph. Now, okay, that's correct. Now, I, I grant you, Joseph isn't the father. He's like the parental, parental garden. What am I trying to say? Guardian. Man, I jacked that, I don't know. Parental guardian. But, you can't just remove him from the raising of Jesus Christ. The angel says, okay, Mary, you're going to give birth, but then Joseph, you're going to name him. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. Now, if that were anybody else, just some random kid, okay. You know, big deal. But we're, this isn't some random kid. This is the Savior of the world. This is God manifesting in the flesh. There's a certain level of there's got there had to have been a certain level of excitement with the two of these people to understand that they were going to have something to do with raising Jesus Christ. Surely there was some some maybe a little bit of anxiety, uh, you know, who knows, some anticipation, maybe a little bit of fear, but there had to have been kind of a a nervous excitement. Just imagine the two of them. Mary finally knows why it is she's pregnant. Because surely she was perplexed, right? And then now Joseph knows why she was pregnant or why she is pregnant. And now they're coming together. They're talking and they they know who it is that's inside of her womb. And it's the Messiah to the nation of Israel. Us? Really? We're going to be a part of that? God chose us to bring in. son of God. I mean, I don't know what kind of news you would expect to get this afternoon, but that would be pretty exciting (laughs) to know that you are going to have a part in raising Jesus Christ. Now, I I love it when when God does stuff and uses people. There was uh, we have a, a missionary. We support David Robinson over in Malawi. I don't know if you guys support him or not, but you do? Okay. So him and his family over in Malawi, Africa, they've been doing these campaigns for Christ over there. And they've they've just blasted these towns there in Malawi. Uh Mizuzu up in the north and a long way down the south. They're going to Blantyre. I mean, hundreds of thousands of God, of John and Romans, believe it or not. They're handing out these these little Bibles and tracts and things. And I don't do you remember the count on it? Was it a million? It was I think it was, it's close to a million because it was somewhere around three or four hundred thousand in each town, but somewhere close to a million little Bibles have been passed out over the last six months. And hundreds of people, of course, it's impossible to quantify with our understanding and our knowledge, but from what they know, hundreds of those Africans have been saved. They have uh, Bible studies that have started and I think one Bible study has over a hundred people in it. Just incredible things. And I, I really, really appreciate that, but there's always a part of me that's just a little, just a little godly jealousy, you know? Because the reality is is that I know that the only reason that I'm not doing something like that or that magnitude or something that I would consider as being, wow, that's, that's amazing, is because of me, right? I'm the only one keeping myself from being a part of that. that. That's fair, isn't it? But I would I I like being a part of things that God is doing. I like hearing about it, but I also like being a part of it. There's just nothing that replaces actually being a part of when God is using you or God is doing something through you. And that's man, that's a reason to be excited. Um could you just imagine Mary there in the synagogue? And I don't know if this has ever ha- this happened to her i I kind of get the feeling that maybe it did but she, you know they have the the Old Testament scriptures there in the synagogue and I from my understanding it's there and it's at a place where they can they can go over there and read it and she goes over there and she stumbles across Isaiah 7 behold a virgin shall con- can what does it say therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son." And thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Now I understand that the the angel told Joseph that, but imagine if after she understood that she was pregnant, and Joseph told her what the angel said, she goes into the synagogue, and she reads that for herself. I could I can just see in her mind, just like the world just kind of stops, you know. And it's like completely silent all around her. And just to come to realize that this verse is talking about her. A prophecy that's directed to a certain... And I'd say there's a good chance that she read that and said, that's me. Man, it, what I'm trying to say is that uh, from a Christian perspective, there's nothing more exciting than when God is using you. Yes. Really? That, you say why? Because that's what you're here for. See, God, God constructed you in such a way to where you can go out and live a life. You can, you know, you can please your flesh. You can do whatever it is that you desire to do. It's America, right? But God has constructed you in such a way that if you have the Holy Spirit in you and just being a human by itself, if you, if you are bringing glory to God and you're pleasing Him, then that activates some type of something inside of you that is ultra-fulfilling. You say, why? Because God made you that way. It's like, I don't want to talk about this too much because everybody's probably getting pretty hungry. But imagine if you're getting pretty hungry, and you probably are. You have that desire to put food inside of you, don't you? And there's nothing that satisfies that desire inside of your stomach to have food in it like putting food inside of you. In the, by the same token, as a Christian, you have that desire. You have that in you. If you have the Holy spirit inside of you, you have it in you. I want to do something for the Lord. Now, maybe there's other things. Maybe there's addictions. Maybe there, there are things in your life that's distracting you from that, but you will never have that fulfillment until you do something for God. Right. It's like, Whenever you do that, it's like the button's pushed. It's like God is using me. I'm bringing glory to God. I'm doing what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. The reason that I'm created, now I'm fulfilling God's desire. Man. And when unless you've, unless you've been in that position, obviously you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that I've been used of the Lord a bunch. But anytime that the Lord has ever used me or I've seen... Hey, hey, even coming up here and having the opportunity to preach, hey, to me that's exciting. God, God, Matt, God has given you that opportunity, you know. And you, hey, I, you know, I may not be preaching to thousands. I don't care though. It's just edifying some Christians, exhorting them, maybe telling them why they should be excited, you know. Hey, let me tell you something. God wants to use you. And God can use you. You say when? Now? Mm -hmm. Today? Mm -hmm. Listen, y'all listening? God can use you today. Mm -hmm. He absolutely can. You say how does He use you? I mean, He can, He can speak to you through the Word of God and your time of meditation. He can use you as a testimony to other people. He can use your mouth when you witness to people. I mean, you guys know know how it works. He can use you today to be an encouragement to the pastor of this church to keep going. He can use you to do that. These are just things that are just off the top of my head. But certainly you can think of some things. You can start doing that today. You can be used of God. It may not be in the magnitude of being able to raise Jesus Christ. But it's still God using you. Hey, and that's a great thing to be excited about. Things are looking up. Amen? What's more of a miracle, that God saved you or that God is able to use you? They're both miracles. It's a miracle that He saved us, but it is a miracle that God, here I am, 41 years old, that God will still use me. I don't take that for granted. I know plenty of 40, 50, 60 year old Christians where God's not doing anything with them. Right. And that, that isn't a pat on my back. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why God uses me or if God does, but I know that it is a miracle when he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he can do the same for you. He can use you today. Mm-hmm. Don't make light of that. Okay. And then the last thing I want to say, we'll wrap this thing up in Matthew chapter one. Um, really just the whole passage there's not really any particular part but it just says that uh, verse 23 a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son thou shalt call his name Jesus the last thing I want to say is that the reason tre- things are trending up is because Jesus Christ is coming now listen to a couple of these verses it says this know also that in the last days y'all believe this is the last days yeah. you think so Listen to the description. Perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents. But if you just want to take one phrase out of that and say, "This is our generation disobedient to parents," I don't. It's not that I see disobedient kids. I don't ever see in in public obedient kids. They're all disobedient. That, that right there could just show you the Lord's coming back. Go to Walmart, man. <laughs> That's all the proof you need. Disobedient to parents, unthankful. There you go. Good night. I mean, the, the COVID pandemic, everybody got a check for whatever, which I don't even understand. You think, how many of those people were thankful for that? Right. I'm not saying nobody was. Maybe somebody in here was or whatever, but by and large, people aren't thankful. If you gave them a million dollars, they wouldn't be thankful. Just the way they are, it's not about what they get. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers, despisers of those that are good. Man, that's the truth. They hate, they just hate anybody that wants to do the right thing. In the name of God, absolutely. They despise that stuff. Traders, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. And we, you know, even the, even the person that you would want to drive up would say you broke down in the middle of the night and you had a flat tire and you didn't have a wrench. Okay. Hypothetical scenario, but not unlikely. You're there on the side of the interstate and the person you, in your mind that you would want to stop and help you, a decent citizen that's, that's kind, that's thoughtful, that would obviously be carrying it off more than likely in the pouring down rain, considering where we live, to stop on the side of the road and help you. Even that person doesn't even think about God. I'm around them. I see them. It's like these are decent people in society. Oh, thank God this guy came by and not somebody who is trying to rob me. You think, well, they, at least they think about God. At least they they have some kind of communion or, uh, communication with God. No, they don't. They don't think about God. They, 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 they want to maintain a level of decency for their community and the society to where they'll be accepted. But inside their heart, they don't care about God. That's the good people around here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm kind of going about this in a weird way, but well, what I'm saying is, you don't have to go to the slums or the places where you ha- you see, you know, uh, crimes committed or whatever. Find the the dregs of society and say, well, they don't care about God. the The average person in society that you know, you would think, oh, well, they probably go to church. No, nope, they don't go to church. They don't think about God. I'm not saying everybody is like that. What I'm saying is the society is just headed in that direction. That, that's more of a shock to me because I was raised in the South, and if somebody is kind and they'll do something nice for you, and this, that, and the other, good, good chance they go to church. Not anymore. Not, it's not even that they don't go to church. They don't even care anything about God. They want to live their life. You so say, you sure are being judgmental. Ask them. You ask them. It wouldn't make sense. You would think, "Oh, yeah, well, you certainly somebody who is upstanding like you, you would have some kind of relationship with with God, or at least think about Him, or pray to Him, or something." Nope, nope. It says you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, "Peace and safety," then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you. You are the children of light. You are the children of the day. You are not of the night nor of darkness. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Let me tell you something. That's our people. That's our countrymen. That's us. That's Americans. As a whole. The Bible Jesus coming back. are you kidding me? They've been saying that for years, you know? Look, that's your what I'm saying is that is this generation. It, it cannot be too much further in the future. When things in the world are trending down, I'm telling you things you see it, you just read it. 400 years of God not doing anything. Roman occupation, a miserable place to, to, to be a part of a miserable, miserable society, not but a couple years from this story. Does a maniac kill all the babies to and under? You guys remember that story? That's, that's what they're living in. They're not living in freedom and, and the, the ability to exercise their rights. No. They're living in a terrible society. They're living in, uh, a society that God was not present, but at this time, there was, there was a little flicker of light. Look, what I'm trying to say is things are going down. Things are getting dark. You know what happens when things get dark? God shows up. So the Bible says says, "Hey, you're not of the darkness; that the darkness should overtake you." Um, A lot of times, we still live, we still act like we live in the silent ages. In other words, we we live as though we. So, just to to kind of get your mind where it needs to be, we we we're so affected by our society and our culture. It's like if you watch the news or you see what's going on and you see these people arguing with transgender, this, that, or the other, and you're like, what's going on? You know, people are crazy, what's happening? This world's gonna, you know, the, the end is coming and you, you get all depressed. You in your mind you might even think, Man, we're we're living in the dark ages. We're living in the the silent years. We're living in the years where we don't have a message for the people. But that's not true. We, Jesus Christ has died Jesus Christ rose again there is forgiveness of sins you know don't, don't live like you, you are in the silent ages where you don't know what it is that God says we know what God says we know what people need to hear and you know what it is Jesus Christ is coming back that's what's going to happen now I'm not going to say it's going to be this year or next year I have no idea I would not be surprised if it was this year or next year But I've been thinking the Lord's going to come back since I was a teenager and was convinced that it was I was not going to have a family and kids. And now my kids are grown. And they're going to be starting families soon. You know, it's like, what's going on? You, you, You guys know what I mean? So I can't sit here and say, well, I can't go any further. I've been thinking that for 20 years now. But man. how could it go much further? How could it go much longer than what we've experienced? Um, The Bible says that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. He was buried and he died and was buried and he rose again and he's coming again. This is stuff that's already, he's already died and paid for the sins. You know, we're reading a story where Jesus Christ just shows up on the scene. Now we have a message that, Hey, he died Thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Yes, he died on the cross and he can save all the people from their sins. We have that message. So let's, let's not act like we're in the days of darkness or the days of, of silence where God isn't doing or saying anything. God, God is doing things and saying things now just like he has been and he wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use you this week. You know? If you get in the mindset, well, I, I'm going to start serving God when things get better, better, this, that, and the other, you're going to just live your whole life. Yeah. You know? just Hey, it, how many Christians do we have in the, the room this morning? Good night. Every one of us. God wants to use every one of us. You say, well, I, I don't know what I can do. You can start by signing that card. You know? i letting you out right on time. You can make it to, to lunch before you get too hungry. You have plenty of time to go back there and sign that card. You know? And then look for God to use you this week. Read your Bible, pray, talk to Him. Look for opportunities. It's not a, this is not a complex problem you have to figure out. It's just the Lord wants you to serve Him. You know? And we should be doing that. And I'm just telling you. When you do, when God uses you, it puts a fulfillment in your heart. It helps you live the life. It gives you the joy and, and happiness. of It's just serving the Lord. He does it for you. He gives you joy because you're obeying Him. You're fulfilling the purpose. Let's pray. I'm going to ask Brother Dale if he come and play a, an invitation. And I'm just going to provoke you this morning to consider some of the things that we're spoken of. And uh maybe you've, you know, obviously you say you're saved, so you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and maybe it's been a little while since you've made an effort in trying to do something for the Lord. Or maybe you're sitting there thinking, there's no way with what I've done that God would use me. And I'm just going to tell you right now that the Holy Spirit is not telling you that. God is not giving you that. That's something that either you're telling yourself or some unclean spirit is trying to tell you. You're, we're still in a position now. You're breathing. God wants you to serve him. And I would, I would ask you today, what is keeping you from serving the Lord? What is it that is keeping you from serving the Lord, from doing something for, for Him. These are exciting times we live in. You have the opportunity to to do something for God. I'm going to pray, and then we'll sing a couple of stanzas. Lord, we just thank You so much for just uh, putting us in a, a time and place where we can serve You. And even here, Lord, You put us in a church that preaches the truth, that enables us, we're able to be around other Christians and be encouraged and help us to make every use of that, Lord, and take every opportunity that we can. Um, Certainly the years are just floating by and the days are going by and if we're not careful, we'll never experience the joy of actually serving you, doing something for you.